for Joey Logano. It's been 71 days since I saw a racetrack. 71 days since I strapped into the 48. 71 days since I've seen my team. 71 days since I've seen my fans. And while we've been gone, the world has changed. We've stayed home, we've stayed safe. And we've watched as the true heroes emerged. We've watched, waited, and hoped. But today, a new hope emerges. Sometimes, the beginning is the most important part of the journey. Just because we're apart doesn't mean we're not together. our fans stay safe in your homes and for the next few hours let us give you a show right here in Darlington and here they come off turn number four the pace car is in green flag NASCAR is back Trouble back straight away. Around goes the 47 on the very first lap. Ricky Stenhouse with front end damage. In the beginning of a run, not use up too much of those tires, not build those air pressures up too much. And he's also, oh, Jimmy Johnson no. around. Into the wall, hard. Unbelievable, our leader. Shaking his head, boy, you know he's frustrated with that. Had such a great car, great race going on. Came up on some lap traffic there. I know his car had been really loose. You could see the back end hanging out on the exit, but I don't know what happened, what may have caused that car oh. to come around. Johnson was a couple of hundred feet for only his third stage win since NASCAR adopted this form of racing. Yeah, that's a three-second differential from Bowman back to Byron. Little wiggle there on entry. Ooh, Hamlin yeah. pounces. Denny Hamlin takes advantage. Oh, whoa, big moment for the 24. I think he... He got it. Yeah, I think that, uh, yeah, but I think Mike, I don't know if that's a tire, but you saw him wiggle getting into the corner. He had an issue off right the turn rear. two. Another tough break for Rick Hendrick Chevrolet's. First Jimmy Johnson, oh, he's and now spin. Byron brings out the caution. Caution is out at lap 154. Sixth caution of the day. Well, a lot of credit to Denny Hamlin, the way he positioned this run to the rear bumper. of Clint Boyer, Clint's probably wondering why is he all over my rear bumper? But right there, he gets to the rear bumper. Now watch that adhesive just hops right from his car, sucks underneath the car, and connects to the eight of Tyler Reddick's front bumper. This is the Bizarro World 400. <laughs> Look, the strange things that have happened today. My goodness. And the track has sent workers out to remove the rest of that self-adhesive vinyl, which adheres pretty well until cars start rubbing up against it. That happens here. When you can see somebody has gotten into the wall and started to peel it away, if I had to guess, that's what started all this. As they approach the Geico restart zone, and we're ready to get at it, it'll be 34 laps to go. Watch the intensity start to ramp up here on this restart, Mike. Be no give and take here for this lead as Alex Bowman battles hard with Kevin Harvick to try to get the lead. Yeah, if you can get it, you've got to get it now. 
Absolutely. Look at Kevin Harvick fighting back on that outside. No way he wants to give up that clean air. No, this could be for the win right here. It's not over yet as they go side by side into turn three. Oh, Bowman gets loose. Car washed up, almost got away from him. And Harvick almost in the wall, scrapes the outside. What a battle. Ooh. Kevin Harvick's going to show you the white flag with one lap to go, sponsored by Credit One Bank. Back straightaway, final time. Kevin Harvick is about to become the 14th driver in NASCAR Cup history to reach 50 career victories, breaking a tie with Tony Stewart for 14th. Harvick wins NASCAR's return to action at Darlington. Thank you guys, awesome job. And he's burned down the house for you folks watching at home. Kevin Harvick emerges from his race car. I want to thank everybody from NASCAR and all the teams for um, letting us do what we do. This is a, you know, I didn't think it was going to be that much different. And then we won the race, and it's dead silent out here. So we miss the fans. Um, you know, it's, it's, it is weird um, just because there's, there's nobody up there. Welcome to the Making Laps Podcast. Welcome to episode 22 of the Making Laps podcast. Look we have dude. we have way too many sound effects to play with around here. It's just a bunch of retards and sound effects. Or just a, know. you know you know what's funny is I came up with this idea and it was basically self-shaming. Uh, podcasts are essentially the way for adults to play radio. Like when you're a kid and you got your cassette player because we're old enough to have cassette yeah. players. So you sit and you and you like mix tapes with like two decks uh, if you were fancy enough to have two decks on your cassette player yeah that's basically what modern podcasting is is somebody with a smartphone pushing fart noises and like and and like talking nonsense which is what we do constantly anyway yeah welcome back to the making laps podcast i am your host brent i am your host brent gleason along with me six feet away still is my brother jesse gleason I don't know why I haven't had Phil on lately, but he's probably been going to uh, New Jersey on Wednesday, so he goes to bed at like 8 o'clock because he's got to get up at 2.30 He's spreading the virus everywhere. Well, he's going to New Jersey, so he's catching the virus, and then he's going to spread it back up north in Massachusetts. But that's okay. We'll miss him. I know that... Um, I know people probably are sick of my rants, so I'm probably going to axe that from the program. No, stop it. Well, no, come on. Nobody... Everyone loves the rant. Stop it. Not the the view the listen count tells me they don't. <laughs> like when you look at the Facebook likes of this show and there's like a couple hundred and then I see literally 10% of that in listens. It's like 
well, what the hell do you like the page for if you don't listen? <laughs> what the hell? Is it pity? I think it's all pity. I think people just feel bad for me, so they like the show on Facebook instead of listening to it. Um, yeah, that's what I feel like right now because I ate too much dinner. Uh, like, nobody wants to hear me rant about, like, COVID-19 anymore. Yes, we I mean, do. Come on. No, it's been going on for, like, eight weeks. I can't, I can't say the same shit over and over and over and over. I mean, I it's just... You. I do that all the time anyway, and it's boring, so... I mean, I could go into saying how the average age of someone who dies from COVID is higher than the average age of death in general, but that won't make anything better. Did you ask me a question? No. Then there's something wrong with you. You're certainly not very good. No, that's why my listener has gone down. Like I said last week, I think I said, um, oh, I can't wait till people stop listening to this in general so I don't have to do it anymore. But seriously, like, it actually like makes me feel bad. <laughs> so, like... So now I am asking for your pity and to start listening to the show again because I can't live without attention. Thank no. you, darling. No. Constantly complaining. Um, the only thing that I want to say about COVID, um, I just think that the reason we have less less deaths than people expected is that history doesn't necessarily apply to illnesses with medical technology that we have today, which is kind of interesting. Well, yeah, we're the number one in the world in healthcare, despite the fact that it got it tried to be ruined, you know, in 2009. It was, we still have the best healthcare in the entire world. Yeah, I don't want to give that up. But, like, look at, like, I was taking a look at it, and I know... 10% of Italy died. That's because their healthcare isn't as good. Yeah, their healthcare is atrocious because it's socialist. Socialist healthcare is garbage. And... The fact that they greet each other by, you know, slobbering all over each other, which is fucking dumb as hell. Oh, it's traditional. Yeah, but that's gross. Get away from me. <laughs> Probably China. Go kiss a tree or something. Um, but like I said, I, I was taking a look at history and stuff, and I'm like, yeah, history doesn't necessarily apply. Because I keep seeing people going like, oh, but like, look at all these back in the 1400s or the 1600s. I'm like, none of that applies today. None of it. But I mean, look at like four minutes in, my back is killing me. Go ahead. Or actually, five and a half. But don't, no, whatever. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I, I was looking back at like I know that the swine flu and the Spanish flu that were both H one N ones, and I'm like, well, let's go look back at history. It's like okay, a hundred years ago, uh, I think it was tens of millions of people died from Spanish flu. Something like that. It was between, they said some stupid number, like between 15 and 50 million. I'm like, you can't like parcel that out a little bit better. That's kind of a wide range. So I was like, okay, about 30. Well, the records weren't that good back then. No, I know, honest. but they still had pen and paper. Yeah. You could have kept the damn record. Oh, well, yeah, I know, but it's um, expensive. I know, but like, like I said, help. anyway, tens of millions of people. Let's just put it that way. Let's put it on average, 30 million. Okay, that's between 15 and 50. 15 gorillion. Okay, perfect. Um, Six gorillion. And the H1N1 swine flu that hit in 2009, when you compare it to the numbers killed from the Spanish flu, it was only like 1%. So that's medical technology for you. you medical I mean? technology and taking the necessary precautions. Anyway, now that well, everyone's over and it's fine, you know. Well, no, it's like you can well. argue that it was a different strain of H1N1, but what happened? Nature removed the part where people died? <laughs> Seriously. Like, what'd they do? Take that part of the strain out? No, it morphed into COVID-19 in well, the laboratory. <laughs> <laughs> what can I tell you? I don't But no, know. I mean, like, medical technology, you can't say people have gotten smarter, like the general public. It's just that, like, 
I think medical technology is better. I'm not talking like vaccines and stuff because they haven't come up with a vaccine for any coronavirus, like common cold or flu that is anywhere near effective, but they somehow think that it's going to work. For they have one. a general flu virus. Yes. Yeah. But it's only 50% effective. Yeah. It's not exactly what you'd call effective. 50% is not a big number. We could, we covered 50% that. is chance enough, especially if it's covered under my uh, insurance. I'll take a coin flip for 50%. Well, because I get the flu bad. My problem with that is like I don't want to move. It's like if you kill me, if you take something <laughs> that's fifty percent, then why? What, what's your odds if you don't take it? Is it still fifty percent? A hundred percent for I don't, me. I don't get the flu if if I don't. I get, get a flu. the flu every year if I don't get a flu shot. Really? Guaranteed, I do. Really? Yes, I do. I don't. I guarantee it depends <laughs> on you. Well, I'm great in school. Well, why don't you go donate your blood or something so that you could save the world with your impossible immune system? Why would I want to save these people? (laughs) Because you need listeners for the radio show. They don't listen anyway. How do you? Well, that's not with that attitude. Oh, so now I got to give them my blood too? Yes, you need to give blood. Well, Facebook wants me. There's so many podcasts out there. You need some kind of (laughs) need something. Give blood. My blood is perfect. I never get sick. All right, free to every listener right now. If you ask for it, I will hand you a vial of my blood. Yeah, there you go. That's, that's really great. weird. Okay. No, that's weird. Like, I don't want people to be doing things with my blood. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows what kind of evil things they will do with it? It's time to stop. <laughs> it's time to stop, okay? No more. Well, like I said, <laughs> when like do we said, get to I'm the sure, rant? No, I'm not, no, I'm not doing one. No. I want a rant. There's no need for a rant today. Oh. I could go into, uh, I could throw my tinfoil hat on and go into an unwritten, because I didn't write an episode this week, because why bother? Because nobody listens to it anyway, so why put Aww. the effort in? So No, that's just real. That's just me being honest. You how you are, you just have to say that you're fine, and you're not really fine, but you just can't get into it because they would never understand. <laughs> that worked out so much better than I thought it would. <laughs> you're fine. No, Jeez. but like I said, I, I, I seem to believe that we get more listeners if I do things off the cuff instead of doing it. But let's be honest, people. You're all soft. We fought a freaking war of independence over during a smallpox epidemic. Get with it. Go play in the mud. Go eat dirt. Go get, go get your immune system picked up. Let's go. Let's do this thing. You can act like a man. What's the matter with you? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, it doesn't apply to everybody. <laughs> okay. So, like I said, I could throw the tinfoil hat on and talk about Kyle Larson going to sensitivity training, and I how he was though. No, he already did. He completed it. Right. And, uh, sensitive sensitivity training is just another way of reprogramming people to be pc no it's called a fake apology it's just another step go hmm. if you listen to opie and anthony about hey, the fake apology i got an idea i got a thing to no ask one you means about it when they apologize even if they now, look sincere they're all actors they're an enterprise yes sir now last week go ahead you did your segment on your least favorite sayings in racing yes i did now your f- least favorite one was actions detrimental to the sport. Yes, I did. As we're talking about reprogramming and stuff with the, my tinfoil hat on, weren't you ordered to go to anger management training by a racetrack once? Yes, I was. <laughs> did I go? 
Um, no. I'm guessing you didn't go. No. I thought my anger management worked just fine right then and there. So, it's... Yes. Oops. I think I, cra I crashed my own board. Cool. Yep, she crashed. So is that the end of lap one? <laughs> I crashed my own board. Are we recording? <laughs> I hope so. Oh, or... God, hang on. I think the whole computer just fried. Yeah, so, I've got... So we're not recording. Um, I don't really know. Well, <laughs> I got a mouse, <sighs> but nothing's moving. Because... Hey, okay, folks, this is really funny because the button to click on my computer literally just stopped working. Hey. Ooh, that's a kick-ass gaming mouse. Where the hell is it? Oh, wait, wait, wait. Hey, Vsauce, Michael here. Hey, we're back. And we are recording. We're 15 minutes. <laughs> this is the worst. Okay, we're back. And I found a mouse that actually works. Somebody touch my spaghetti! <laughs> so, you know what? I think we're going to stick to our uh, regular format with laps. So lap one, I want to talk about something we talked about last week, which was, you know how we did our favorite sayings in racing and how I touched on Mike Joy and his calls and how we also touched on having race car drivers in the booth as commentators. Well, I found a video on the internet and I want to go over that with you and we'll we'll show everybody the difference of why a professional announcer is better than having a driver in the studio. I wish I had my laptop going because I have a few. Don't worry, I got it covered. Yeah. Uh, lap two, we're going to talk about the race that just happened with NASCAR going back to racing uh, yesterday. And then they're going to be going again Tuesday, which will be the air date for this podcast. And for the Xfinity series, and Wednesday, pending rain. And if it does rain, they're going to go Thursday or Friday. So NASCAR Cup Series will get another race at uh, Darlington this week. I think it's going to be 500 kilometers instead of miles, um, which is like watching an ARCA race, whatever. It's okay. It'll be fun. Uh, it doesn't matter. Ryan Priest on the pole. Yeah, uh, we'll talk about him. And then for lap three, I believe Jesse had something lined up. Oh, we're something about uh, we were talking about now that NASCAR is opening up and uh, short tracks are going to be ready to follow and what kind of racing you can find on the interwebs on the information superhighway, all the live streaming events that are available across the country for the different various uh, racing series. Sorry if you guys hear mouse clicks in the background, but I had to switch mice, like I said. Don't ever but call anyway, just again. Well, that's kind of a sticking point with some people. But anyway, Jess, I wanted to share this sound with you because you said it from last week, something that you liked a lot. I found this for you as a gift. It's a new track record. That's got to be like number one, especially during this month. Tom Carnegie. Yes. He was the greatest track announcer in history. I don't care what anybody else says. But anyway, yeah, new track record. 
Yeah. He was great. He was absolutely great. I love the Indy 500. I wish I could go see that once. Uh, yeah. Especially everyone's just lined up for, you know, looking I to see who if, would get a new track record. If they actually have the race with fans this year, I think you're going to see the lines out the out the gate. They're going to be on Speedway Boulevard. I mean, this is going to be bad. Well, most of the tickets are sold anyway. so That's true. All right. That's so instead of us BSing, why don't we get on into lap number one? All right, so for lap number one this week, we're going to go back and touch on a uh, topic that we were talking about last week that we kind of just brushed on, but I I figured it was worth expanding after finding this video on the internet about the value of having a real professional announcer calling races as opposed to having, say, race car drivers calling races. Like, especially somebody who's very well educated in broadcast and delivery as opposed to somebody who's more, you know, known for having a steering wheel in their hand and sucking fumes, like us. If you right. can hear that, that's my cat Smokey crawling on Jesse. And, and this is an exception mic. to the rule because two of the greatest <laughs> announcers, three of the greatest announcers were race car drivers. I loved Buddy Baker, I loved Ned Jarrett, and I especially love Benny Parsons. They had a lot of composure in the booth and could deliver without going, oh, look at that, you know. Was, yeah. Boop. You know, <laughs> yeah, Kelly Yarbrough. Here we go, as he's narr- narrating his own last lap pass over Daryl Waltrip to win the Daytona 500 in '84. <laughs> that was fantastic. That was fantastic. That was phenomenal. Oh. Here we go. <laughs> but like on this, that was you're, great. On this, you're gonna hear a lot of like DW and like people oh, see, seeing a crash, you know, and be like, "Oh my God, look at that." You know, yeah. just the, you can hear the old man come out and I'm like, oh, look out, oh, you know, dang it. And, and you'll hear Mike Joy talking over him and describing everything. Now, why don't we get into this? All right. Go. Go so yeah. I got this video and I'm going to give the guy credit. He doesn't have a lot of subscribers. He does have a good amount. He's got like 760 subscribers, um, which for a minor YouTuber is pretty good. His name is Marty. Szkula, I don't know. It's some Polish or something name. It's C Z E K A L A. I don't know how you pronounce that. Zekula? Is that how you pronounce it? Right. It means I should have changed my name to Savage. I mean, the thing something got, American. The video's got like twenty thousand views. So I mean, like I said, for a minor YouTuber, that's pretty good. Yeah. You know, um, but I wanted to give him credit because he put this video together, and I'm like, well, this is probably going to be pretty good. So, again, we're going to use this as a comparison to show people the difference between having a professional announcer in the booth and having race car drivers. So here we go. Number one. White flag with Stenhouse up in this is the Daytona 500 from 2014. Four. You know what, Larry? I believe that tape's going to stay on there, and that baby's going to come home a winner. Denny Hamlin has not lost a race this week. So you He's listen to the difference. 11. Keslowski, the 2012 champ, battling Mike Joy, very top. composed. DW getting excited talking about duct tape. Of Daytona, trying to hold them all at bay. And Kyle Busch was trying to make a third line at the top of the racetrack. Boy, Larry McReynolds composed. Not bad. We've seen a lot of passes off turn four than a start finish line, but that 88 is pulling away. Less okay, excited, but not bad. Oh, they got a ring. Yeah, see, that kind of ruined it. Okay, so for that one, all right. Congratulations. So for that one, we had basically DW, right? Mm-hmm. He kind of ruined the moment right there in my mind. 
You know what I mean? He, they're coming down. It's like, oh, there's a crash. It's like, we can see it. Let Mike Joy handle it. <laughs> you know? It's like, oh, there's a crash. It's like, no, let Mike Joy roll. He's going. He's on a roll. Let him do his thing. You know? <laughs> so what did you think? That one wasn't a very bad example. That was just a good call by Mike Joy. Right. It's it's a good call, but, you know, ask him when it's, like, the big one. Uh, or how about when DW always used to gush over Danica? Or even further than that, every time he would gush every time Kevin Harvick led the race when he took over for the oh, Dale deceased car. Dale Earnhardt. Right. And everything was just way over dramatic and, I don't know, it turned a lot of people off, I think. All right, so I'll Very go... philosophical and... This ugh. video is like 10 minutes long. I want to try to get through as much of it as I can. But we got the Aaron's 499 from 2011. Front leads it, Jeff Gordon. Again, this is mostly to celebrate this professionalism with Mike Joy. As but here comes to the next else. two pair. That these two cats right here, they may have timed it out too. Let's see what happens down the back. Now they will get a draft off Mark Martin. And here's the slingshot to the outside. Stay together. That's what they're saying. Stay together. Push, push, push. Oh, I get tight down here in turn three. Now, let me stop right there. Um, this is classic driver in the booth. I'm not going to even pin that on DW too much. But he's like giving advice from the booth. You know what I mean? It's like uh, when I'm watching the race, I kind of want like a mixture of MRN. You know, when you hear Mike Bagley talking very loud in the corner. Here they come, you know. And like... I don't want to hear advice to the drivers. They can't hear you. I know you know what they're going to think and what they're going to do, but like, I want to hear descriptions. Like, if I'm looking over at like some my cat's fighting on the floor and I'm not watching the race, I don't want to hear. Oh, I want to hear descriptions. That's just me. I mean, all race car drivers that are announcers, they fall into those cliches because it's hard for them to separate themselves from. The announcer part to, oh, what's he going to do? Especially with your job is to become a color, quote unquote, a color analyst, well, and, which is similar to other sports, baseball or hockey or football. John Madden's going to tell him what they're going to do. Here's a guy, and he's going to take the football, okay? And he's and Brett Favre is going to take the football, and he's going to hand it to the halfback, okay? that that's That's called a running play, okay? Th things that are very simple that we all can see that are going to be over explained and they all kind of fall victim to that. And that's, that's, that's just normal, that's, normal things. That's why I didn't pin it directly on DW. It's just, that's a generalized thing that I found. Oh, absolutely. Right. He, he does deserve a beating back to the clip. Forget Jimmy Johnson and Dale Jr. Fifth and sixth. They are there. Which group will they go with? And will it help the Jewish cars? Or will it help Jeff Gordon? To I will say that. Here they come. They yeah, I know. But, you know, it does excite some people. So, okay, I'll let them get a pass on Way down comes Johnson. He's got room. They're three wide. Three by three to the line. Johnson. Maybe Jimmy Johnson. I believe he got him by an inch. Two one thousandths of a second. He. Okay, so. Larry McReynolds adds the technical info directly from the finish line seconds after the line because he was the first to get it. So that's a good contribution. That's how close it was. Oh, yeah. Exactly measured yeah. to 1,000 electronically. The trans, by the transponder. Mike Joy tries... Mike Joy, very composed throughout the entire thing when they're three wide tandem drafting through the trioval for the win. You know? So I like that. That's good. Feet 
Let's keep going here. Sixteenth of an inch. That's a loose term. Man, they look like a group of coon dogs coming down into the holler. <laughs> sure thing. Okay, thanks, W. Okay. So Thank God anyway, you're anyway, um, here's another one from the Toyota Save Mart 350 at Sonoma, June 26, 2016. People will remember this as Tony Stewart's last win, I think. Tony's right where he needs to be, man. See if he can make a gain. It's all about getting off this corner. He gets in there good. Oh, he missed it a little bit. Clear about two. Clear about two. Be ready for the dive. Uh oh. Oh, he's wheel hopping. He's going to hit him. Is there. See Jeff Gordon with the with the call. He's like he's wheel hopping because he can see it right away. No, but then DW. That's not adding anything. Come on. He meant for that to happen, but then he made contact with Tony. Good analysis by Gordon. though. he picked it up right as it happened, not after. You know. Hey, this thing's not over, guys. Watch what happens into turn eleven. I don't mean for this to be a you know a wreck on DW thing. I just he's close I think Tony used up his stuff. I mean, we knew he was having you know. Here we go. Uh, uh, uh. Stewart inside. Oh, he is there. He Wait, gets Hamlin. They Whoa. hit. And Stewart comes off turn 11. Look at that. He's coming to the flag. Tony Stewart. How did that happen? Okay. Now, that was a prime example. Coming out of that last corner when Hamlin wheel hops going in and Tony Stewart doors him out of the way. Mike Joy yes. rolling with commentary. While the other drivers are like, oh, ooh, oh, you know, because they're excited. Drivers get excited when they see something happening, but they don't articulate themselves the way that a professional announcer does because they're trained in when you see action to describe it instead of when you see action to get excited. You want to know what would have been better at that situation? Who's that? Hiya! <laughs> a couple one of those, boom. Throw a couple hi-yahs at it. And, yep, and it's YouTube gold. Perfect. Yes. That's good stuff. Can I say, not everybody's there. I don't want to go too deep into this thing, so I'm just going to look for some, I don't know, maybe I'll find one more. I would say he's incompetent, but I don't want to do that because that's No, I just nice. don't, you know, I don't really want to spend all day doing this. Oh, here's one. How about the Winston from 1992? This probably will be a little different. We're going to go, why don't we broaden the horizon a little bit more we instead have some of bad hombres here and we're going to get them out instead of like completely picking on DW. Let's go to this one. He's going to get a shot at him. Kyle Petty is there. He is just a car. Is that back uh, the Jared? Sound like uh, not Ned. Glenn? Sound like Glenn. Davey Allison this is TNN from 1992. Kyle just hauls it off the corner. He's got the inside. He's up to Earnhardt's oh. bumper. Earnhardt takes it. They're off the racing service down on the uh, left part of the racetrack. Look out. And it's Kyle Petty. I believe that's Glenn Jarrett. Kyle Petty coming to the checkered flag. Here comes Davey Allison to the bottom. It'll be the well, there is Neil Bonner as well. Buddy Baker? No. Yeah. Wait, what? And Davey Allison is in a shower of sparks. We're trying to we're sitting here trying to figure out who it is, but we're like talking over it. But sounded like Neil uh sounded like uh Neil Bonnet to me. But anyway, it was makes sense because he was under contract uh CNN from I believe it was Neil Bonnet, Glenn Jarrett, and Buddy Baker. Was that Buddy Baker in the background? I couldn't hear it, but I think it was all four of them, but you could you could hear all the drivers in the background getting excited. Oh no, you know, 
But Mike Joy, again, the professional announcer, talking everybody through it. And that's really important. Especially when something like that was, you know, a absolute, well, train wreck. Well, I know it's a car wreck, but yeah, that's a, that was a spectacular moment. So, all right. So there's, I said I was going to do one more, but there's at least two that are on the list that I could do, but I don't want to do it as part of Mike Joy's most famous calls. I want to do it as a way of, showing the difference now there's darlington with craven and kurt bush or there's dale earnhardt's 1998 daytona 500 win i mean both are iconic so so why don't we go with darlington since we're in the darlington mood here uh, because of what's racing this week with uh ricky craven and kurt bush from 2003 white flag here he goes he's going to try to slide under him here come on baby and blaney's coming both these cars are driving terrible right now. Half nah. a lap to go. Nah, they're driving good. They look fine Come to on, me. Baby. You can do it on this end of the speedway. Come off the four and get up alongside of him. Half a mile Here to go. Here he comes. Here he comes. Who's going to get like up? said, he Here gets he really goes. amped up. Here he comes. He's got him this time. It's going to be a drag race. Whoa. They touch. They touch. Craven got him. Craven got him. Craven got him. Craven. All right. Fair enough. Now, I included that one because I know Mike didn't really speak in that one, but Larry McReynolds, another kind of exception to the rule, he's kind of calling it as he sees it, but Mike kind of, he's a professional enough announcer to not step on somebody when they're talking. You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't want to step on somebody when they're doing this. So he let Larry McReynolds just keep rolling with it and he just kind of picked it up afterwards and they got that iconic have you ever etc you know which was which was kind of fun but sometimes you have to make your announcers better and that's what i think he does he lets when he's when they're great he lets them roll with it when they're not great he, he gets them through it but anyway larry mack did a good job of calling that one too you know we can't fault him at all for that one what <laughs> Oh, but anyway, um, Larry Mack, like I said, he did a good job of that one. But Mike Joy, again, is the consummate professional and didn't step on his toes, which is what a professional announcer will do. They'll let whoever's rolling with whatever they're saying roll. If it's not rambling and and incoherent, you know, they won't step in a professional. Like I said, a professional announcer is just so useful when you're trying to describe or when you're trying to sell a show like motorsports, you need constant commentary look up the worst of marty reed you gotta listen to that it's so good i would but this segment's already gone on long enough but i I just think that it was important to show people that yeah it's very useful to have professional people selling the sport it's like yeah you can see what you're watching and you can you know decipher what you're watching by yourself but when you've got somebody professionally telling you what's going on and painting a picture while you're watching it, it can make the experience better, and you can sell the product better. You know, when you're when Dale Earnhardt's coming down to win the Daytona 500 in 1998, and Mike Joyce says, 20 years of trying, 20 years of frustration, Dale Earnhardt will win the Daytona 500, everybody remembers the line. Oh, yeah. It goes, it, it is just as iconic yeah. 
as the video that you watched it with. It goes hand in hand. If you watch that in mute, it's nowhere near as good. And there's a fight oh, on yeah. the back stretch. Yeah. 20, yeah. 1979. They've crashed. They're out of it. They know they have lost. Yeah, I mean. Boom. Blows you right out of the water. That's yeah. really good. And that's every single thing that these announcers say is off the cuff. Ken Squire, another great one. Right. Love him. And when you got drivers in the booth, the first thing that they they do is they get excited. And they're just like, oh, boy, a race. Oh, boy, a wreck. You know, and they get all like, amped up and worried and excited. And, you know. They do not have a firm grasp on the vernacular. No, that's like I said. They don't channel. No. They don't know how to channel their energy into anything more than turning a wheel or hitting a gas pedal. <laughs> So they don't have, they don't, you know, they're usually swearing at people when they're excited. So, (laughs) so in having, yeah, like I said, it paints a picture and it sells the sport better. Let's get more professional announcers in the booth and let's keep the driver off in a corner and just say, we'll get to you when we need you. (laughs) Yeah. What do you think happened there? Uh, I think he he ran out of talent there. That was from Buddy Baker. Buddy Baker coined that phrase. (laughs) <laughs> he ran out of talent halfway through the curve. Yeah, that was Buddy Baker. He did that one, and everyone uses that. It, it, you know, the guy was great. Loved Buddy Baker. Driver and now started listening to him all day. Yep. It's like, oh, the crashed. Look. <laughs> He's great. Anyway. So, yep, we beat that dead horse pretty good. Let's move on to lap number two. What the hell am I listening to? This is Dankstrom. Man, I guess everybody's really excited about racing coming back. (laughs) So I guess if you haven't deduced, uh, racing is back on TV and coming to your short tracks near you, but probably only in the south because it sucks up here. Um, Or in in New Hampshire, uh, live free or die. Uh, <laughs> Maine too. There's no one up there but buyers and moose. Lots of moose. Probably deer too. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Uh. Cup Series racing and National Series racing is back. Granted, without fans, but I mean, it is what it is. Uh. At the top of the show, you heard a mix-up of the audio from uh the the latest race on Fox on Sunday or yesterday as of recording. Uh. That I put together to recap the race. And if you haven't heard and and didn't watch or anything, uh, spoiler alerts ahead. <laughs> so, just, how did Ricky Stenhouse do? Um, he did something more to the lines of this. <laughs> <laughs> first lap, first turn, crash, dead. Uh, oh wait, hang on. Hey. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I got a new soundboard. Well, I'm just testing it. <laughs> anyway. Well, hey, you know, he he's so raring to go. He's like, okay, I'm already thinking, you know, next time we race at Talladega. He went he used to collect as many cars as he wanted, though. I think he went like four wide coming out of two, which is not a great idea. Remember Days really? of Thunder? Yes, I hate that movie. Well, I'll go into back, that some other podcast. Back then... The back stretch was the front stretch, and the front stretch was the back stretch. And what did Harry Hogg say? Don't go to the outside coming out of what turn? 
four. Wasted. Don't go to the outside coming out of turn four, or don't make it too wide coming through turn four. Whichever the you hell one is. Can't go to the outside coming out of turn four. And remember, they flipped then, so turn four is right. Now so turn, turn two. four would be turn two nowadays. Right. So what does Ricky Stenhouse do? He makes it like four wide coming through turn two, which used to be turn four, which Harry Hogg warned us all about. Yeah, well, Harry Hogg was right there. You don't, you don't do that. There's only one. You don't want to be too wide at all coming through that yeah. corner. Nobody went too wide going through there ever. No. They did on the last restart, and boy, was that a show. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Bowman and, and Harvick uh, really put on a show. It was, to be fair, I'm getting ahead of myself, but it was really kind of weird watching it. I mean, they still had people doing the anthem from their home. They had the uh, invocation from someone's home. Everybody's wearing masks. I mean, let me add one bit of social commentary in here. I want to slap every single person that says, oh, well, this might be the new normal. Fuck you, it's the new normal. This is never going to be the new normal. It's a temporary inconvenience. I'm not doing this my whole life. If it was the new normal, they'd have something more comfortable. <laughs> Than a saw, mask, a sweaty mask for wearing it out for hours and hours. I don't know how the nurses and doctors do it. I literally saw a, a little Pinterest video or something. I don't know what the fuck yeah. it was. It was some crafting video where you could take scissors and they showed you the right spots to cut on it. And you could take a pair of socks and turn it into a mask. And I, I was like, I really need to find a tube sock or something, you know, where it's white and it's got the... the gray toe and gray heel and the make cum it stain yeah exactly and make it look exactly <laughs> like easy jim like you jim. know no where you know that it's a sock but i wanted to turn it into a mask just so people know it's a sock you know what i mean <laughs> yeah especially if it's like a little dirty yeah like a used sock a used <laughs> get the hell away from you a used gym sock your breath would I mean, really smell a lot jim worse, from guess, america right? pie sock Oh God! Anyway, we're off topic. Is that the way to sound? <laughs> but like I said, no. Shaped? If if this was the new normal, I'm just gonna go drive into a tree. Um. Anyway. Yeah, I will not accept this as a new normal. Go away. Human beings have lived since the fucking Stone Age without having to wear masks. Oh shit! Here we go again. <laughs> okay, fine. Here's my rant. It's gonna be 30 seconds long. Human beings age without any sort of masks they just live with it people get sick and die every single day we can't control that we can only try to limit it hey, and listen. <laughs> stop interrupting me i think he's just trying to get me to stop <laughs> no, okay. but hey i'm lesbian <laughs> i thought you were american <laughs> what <laughs> All these people say, well, if you're going to wear a mask, then why aren't you protesting against wearing clothes? People have been wearing clothes since the fucking Stone Age as well because they wear animal skins to protect them from the sun and the cold and anything that's abrasive. And the it's mosquitoes not meant, eating. It's not meant to be against decency laws to wear clothes. It's for fucking human protection. Like I said, we've done it for the Stone Age. It's a stupid answer. Like, in, stop giving me exposure? that. Yeah, stop giving me that sort of response. Okay, I'm done. Okay, good. I don't have anything there. I Yeah, I didn't know I was going to do that. That's a wonderful idea. <laughs> what the fuck is going on over here? I wish I had a bleep button. This show used to be so clean. I don't know. Anyway. So, there was a race. 
it was cool. It was really, it, you know, when it started out, I'm like, okay, these guys are professionals. There's zero laps on these cars. They had no practice, no qualifying. They had to go down pit road to get their speed limit set. I mean, like they had nothing, you know? So they had to get everything sorted out. They did it in quick order. I don't even think the track was really blown off at that point as much as it, pardon me, as much as it could have been. So they go off into turn one. There's dust flying all over the place. There's no rubber on the track. Stenhouse wrecks, and then we have to wait for six laps and let the in six or seven laps, and then get the green back out. And then when they finally get the green back out, then it's like, okay, now they're actually doing what I thought they were going to do: space it out, get some competition caution, get some more rubber laid down, you know, just keep making pit stops until the track rubbers up, and then make it interesting, which is actually what they ended up doing eventually. Which was really good. I thought they put on a really good show. Darlington is a fantastic racetrack. NASCAR is stupid for trying to get rid of the place back in the early 2000s. And now, guess what? It's coming to their rescue because they're stupid. So, anyway. Yes, bully me on your soundboard. <laughs> I can smell you. Well, I did eat chicken. So, the farts what? are real. Yeah, I don't know. I I mean, I agree with it. It's I'm just I'm just happy it's back. That's all. Mommy, Daddy, stop fighting. I know they know that Darlington is a big sell, and they kind of have, I think almost learned their lesson from North Wilkesboro back in the previous rant, because they have to look into the history into the nostalgia, and they sell a lot based on history and nostalgia. The the Darlington race is always with nostalgia paint schemes. It's always except for the fact that they moved it. Uh, uh, from his traditional spot and from Labor Day weekend to some other godforsaken date. Yeah, hooray for that. Whatever. But NASCAR knew that they could make money on it because they're a soulless corporation now, so they decided to play it up as much as possible to make more money, Yeah, which is why they keep it around, and now it's profitable again. Well, they can move it to Memorial Day, right? You, they don't give a shit about history, so yeah. whatever. Yeah, they could they only move care... the 600 from Memorial Day to Labor Day or something, and then the Darlington race... Uh, they can take advantage of the of the the veteran vibe and sell more tickets. NASCAR only cares about history when it deals with um, making them money. Anyway, um, I'm the trash man. Anyway, um, I thought you know there was a lot of guys who impressed the hell out of me. Ryan Priest was one of the people who really impressed me because he was up to I believe seventh at one point, and then. Uh, I think he had a pit stop, and then he was 14th, and then I think he had a pit stop, and he was like 21st. And so, <laughs> yeah, there's a common denominator there, but I'll say it for him: his pit crew is terrible. Um, anyway, uh, sorry guys, but you know, you guys lose that. Your team. Um, let's see what else. Uh, John Hunter Nemechek was really impressive. He was hanging around the top 10 all day. Like inside the top ten, like eighth, seventh, eighth, ninth, all hey, day. Sometimes you know the sunshine will shine on the dog's ass every now and then. I don't get that, but okay. I don't know. <laughs> Make like a tree and get the fuck out of here. Anyway, um, who else? Um, Tyler Reddick made up the most spots, had the most green flag passes of any other car. It was over seventy yesterday. I believe it was like 72 green flag passes. 
because he started like 29th or 30th and then he went to the front and went back again and went to the front and went back again and went back to the front. The guy made so many green flag passes. The guy drives so hard. He, I think he also had a top 10 finish. Matt Kenseth finished 10th off the couch with zero practice. Which is pretty pretty badass. Yeah. And it That's brings pretty up badass. A good, it brings up a good point that we could probably bring up in a different episode, but while it's pertinent, I might as well talk about it. It's about dirt track racers and in NASCAR. Now, I don't know why NASCAR teams have a really big fascination with dirt track drivers, but can we go back and look through all of them and how many of them have been successful that weren't named Tony Stewart? Well, he was good on asphalt, too. Um, right. He, he won everything. As, in 95, he won the USAC Midget uh, Sprint Car and uh, Silver Crown Series, and they have run mix on both asphalt and dirt, and he won it simultaneously in 95. That's why I said who isn't named Tony yeah. Stewart. <laughs> Kenny yeah. Irwin was pretty good. No, he wasn't that great on asphalt. Well, I mean, he didn't have that long of a career either. No, we never really got to see what he could do. You know, so well, that's we can't not really, really fair. Yeah, that's not really fair. My apologies. Um, Kyle Larson was good, and he had flashes of brilliance, but he just made way too many mistakes and didn't get that many great finishes for a car that probably could have had a lot of good finishes. Now, Matt Kenseth is an extensively experienced um, asphalt mm-hmm. racer. And has been good in everything for, you know, everything asphalt for a long time. You insert a 48-year-old grandfather into that car. He not only keeps the damn thing off the wall, but he comes home with a top 10 finish. Never working with the team before. (laughs) You know? Experience on asphalt pays dividends. And I don't know if, like, Ricky Stenhouse is a dirt track racer. That's, is that unfair to call, to call him that? Uh, uh, or even to mention him right now he's not a bad driver it's it's bad decision maker you know there's goalposts or not but you no know. it's not no you make a good point he is a good driver like these well, I mean, dirt the track drivers the, car, the dirt track drivers are good drivers yeah. it's just that skill sets may not exactly translate yeah. eric uh what is am i name? a good dirt track racer i don't know <laughs> i could be crap anyway getting getting back to it um like I said, there was a lot of guys who were very impressive. Um, I'd heard that Christopher Bell, who's driving the 95. Another dirt track racer. Right. Had no SMI data, and that's what they used to make. I'm like, aren't we supposed to be making race cars cheaper? What the fuck is this SMI shit? Like, we've got all these sensors in the car now. You can measure literally fucking everything. Oh, you hit this bump over in turn two. If we make this shock pressure change and we make this spring change or this wedge change or this tire pressure change, you could go through there a half a tenth quicker now. And it's like, what the fuck is... I don't know. Like That's one less guy over the pit wall next year. That's what that's going to equate to like, why based do on we the have cost this? of that. Do you remember growing up, they didn't even allow a computer near a cup car? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, no one ever thought of it. You know, and why do and we have this stuff? They were never allowed. No, no. Like we don't run that IndyCar stuff down here. That's what they would say. That's we, what. That's exactly what he would say. They still run yeah. the same basic formula, except yeah. for fuel injection. It's still a steel tube frame chassis. It's still a steel body in most parts. I say in most parts. Um, it's still got a truck arm rear with a big spring and nine inch rear. It's still got 
a four-speed train. Well, not for long, I guess. These things are all going away. But right now, they still have them. You know? They still have the same basic formula. Why do we need all this computer shit? Why can't the driver and the crew chief just kind of figure it out? Why well, do we have... How much more expensive is that, though? Yeah. In a sport where people are trying to gain hundreds, they're going to spend a lot of money to try to gain tenths. Right. And, and hundreds and thousands. Every little bit spared no expense. And that's kind of the way that it, the rules are, are listed, even though they say it's kind of like, I don't know, any other kind of big governing body, but whether do, it be a country or whether it be a sport. But I want Say one thing, but do another. We're against high cost in racing, but we're going to allow this. We're against high cost in racing, but here, dollar technology that right. you have to implement in your car that censors every little stupid thing in it, and you can use a computer to check. Yeah, yeah the... Air oh, guns to now have to run. Things. Yeah, the air guns now have to run nitrogen as opposed to helium. That's to save costs. But you can run. You run. Okay, a computer that's built on Windows 12. That's not allowed to the public yet. <laughs> We're gonna run one nut lug nut instead of five to save costs. But you gotta update that firmware to your shock dyno there. Okay. Say one thing and do another. I know we completely go off on tangent here, but I mean, I think it's a valid complaint. We go back to racing and then I remember all this stuff and, and it comes up and I'm like, okay, well, this guy's having SMI data problems. I'm like, well, I guess you're just going to have to figure it out like the old days. So what were we talking about? We were talking about the uh, the Bell, Christopher Bell's 95 car not having SMI data. So yeah. they had to actually... And I'm like, oh, poor baby. No, 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 no. Poor baby, you actually had to do it like the old way. Like how short track racers do. No, God! Different people to run them, and you have all sorts of people in the pit box, and you have to have all this other money tied up into it. What's wrong with just a driver saying, hey, you know, we could probably do this, and then a crew chief maybe. gonna they're just gonna find out anyway i just don't There's, know why we need to spend money on this like what is this I'm sure there's some industry insider i'm like no it doesn't not in the long run anyway um uh except for jimmy johnson basically crashing himself out on a lapped car and uh the alex nope Sorry, not Alex Bowman. He was, I think he finished second. Yeah, he finished second. Yeah. Um, no, it was the other kid, uh, Byron. I think he lost a right rear or had a loose wheel or something going into three. I think he just lost a tire. I don't think it was a loose wheel. That and slapped the wall and ruined his day. So H Hendrick had a good day, except for the cars crashing. Um, Kevin Harvick ended up winning. Uh, it was his 50th career win. Uh, I think he broke a tie with Tony Stewart, his car owner for 49 wins he just eclipsed him and i think he's like the 14th driver in nascar history to ever hit 50 wins uh, i played his interview earlier when we opened the episode and he's talking about how stand there with nobody around and it's completely silent with no fan noise no cheering no 
28 days later kind of thing. It was really, you know, I watched the thing and I'm like, wow, that's really sad. Like, I don't feel right. Feel right. It seems weird. Well, he did it for the TV. He did it for TV, which is why he didn't completely melt the thing down. Plus, I think there's a rule that you can't do that. Yeah. He saved the car because they wanted the option of bringing it back on Wednesday because it's a quick turnaround. It's like three days. And I talked to one of the head body guys at Stuart Haas, uh, Brian Murphy, on Twitter, which I was a guest of his at New Hampshire last year, which was really fun. Um, and he says, well, it's it's not as easy as people think. It's not a quick turnaround with those cars. And I started thinking about it, and I'm like, yeah, I have a, I have a short track racer's mentality. I build a body so it doesn't fall off because I'm slamming the piss out of it. These guys build a body that is lightweight so that they can put the weight everywhere else, and they have specialized parts and pieces, and the maintenance program is probably way higher than anything I could imagine because those cars run a lot longer and are under a lot more stress, and everything's just so much more stressed that bringing the same car back might not be as easy as people think because of the yeah. turnaround, and I'm like, yeah, you know what? I stress cracks going through the corners you know, yeah, for I that mean, long. I thought about it, and yeah. I'm like, man, you know, I'm just kind of thinking a little short-sighted here, and, and he was, I think he was right. And then Rodney Childers comes out today and says, yeah, by the way, we're going to bring that car back, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah so i'm like you better Don't get blame to, you brian you better get to work because that thing's gonna need a quick turnaround but at least you don't have to drive very far so uh i enjoyed it it was a good race um i thought it was really good uh i can't wait for the next few i know that they released a schedule outlining the next month's races and they're probably going to branch out a little more towards like georgia and uh tennessee and probably not not stay on you know two or three north carolina south carolina tracks but um speaking of south carolina tracks i might as well lump this one in here um myrtle beach speedway historic myrtle beach speedway i think it opened in 1949 something like that uh they said in february that they weren't closing but they'd had conversations with developers but re you know rezoning the property is timely and expensive and then last week they announced the sale of the speedway to developers pending zoning changes Um, the property will most likely be redeveloped into residential and commercial real estate. Uh, owner Bob Lutz said he thinks it's a great use of the property and the residents will really like what's being done. I think that's kind of a facetious remark, to be honest, because anybody who lives around a racetrack is a see you next Tuesday because they complain about the noise after moving in next to a racetrack and want the track shut down. It's like moving in next to an airport and complaining about planes flying overhead. Yes, they are autistic. Um, Ouch. <laughs> um, he also said that attendance has been down and he hasn't been able to turn a profit for the past few years. I mean, hey, money talks. You know, you you can't run a business if you don't turn a profit. And we should put that saying on the last week's show for the ten phrases we or twenty phrases we freaking hate. But money talks, bullshit walks, or or you know, track is closing, something like that. Well, if you owned a track and basically you were, you know, falling into poverty and you losing all your possessions because the track wasn't making money, what would you do? <laughs> Stop it. Get some help. <laughs> Refinance? I don't know. But there's a whole list of reasons why tracks might not make money anymore, and that's for another day. We'll go into that another day. So why don't we move into lab number three?
So for lap number three this week, Jesse takes the reins once again. Yeah. Well, now that the uh, now that racing and things are going to be opening up into this country and from the big stage, it's going to trickle down to the smaller stages. And now we want to see what it's like for a local race fan to uh, be able to, if they're not ready to go out or if their laws are different, blah, blah, blah. I want to see what's out there for streaming r- local races. I want to see what's going on with that. Um, I'll give people a uh, bit of advice. If you're going to Google things like for streaming services for racing, um, Google likes to push RuPaul's Drag Race for some reason, as if that's racing. Yeah, I find that on my apps too, but so that just, also could be uh, based on search settings too just, in your cookies. I kind of doubt that. To visit. No, I kind of doubt that. I'm kind of doubting that you doubt that. What? What? Because I don't look up drag queens, so I don't know what they're... Yeah, I don't know. I'm going to just type in motorsports streaming services and see what I can come up with. Yeah. (laughs) Moving on. Yeah. Whack. Uh, Yeah, I agree. Yeah, so as far as... I couldn't really find too much, honestly, about as, uh, like asphalt oval racing in this aside, part of the country. Aside There's, from Speed 51. Yeah, Speed 51, that's that's uh, Mike Joy's baby, I believe. But No, that is, uh, that's Dillner. Bob Dillner? I yeah, thought it was Mike Joy, too. No, I thought Bob Dillner had that solely. Edit, I think Bob edit sold that it. that out so that we can you know, look like we did our research. <laughs> um, so No, th- we didn't. Yeah. I just know Bob had a big yeah. hand in it. Speed 51 is is definitely a, a good one for Eastern racing. For uh, non-NASCAR short track racing events, they may be held at NASCAR-sanctioned short tracks. But like the uh, big events, the Oxford 250, the... Oh, like um, the Winchester 400 and Winchester, the Snowball yes, Derby. The Snowball and, Derby. And like the Rattler and all that other stuff. Yeah, the big events up and down the East Coast. All right. There's a there's a one for the Waterford Speed Bowl that's scheduled uh, later in the year. I believe a pro stock race. Are they having one? Uh, that's what it says on the schedule. Well, I you know this year I'm actually kind of uh, optimistic about the Speed Bowl actually opening. Yeah. But now it's not their problem. <laughs> now it's the state's problem. So. Right. Uh. So for that, there's reasons for that because the. As far as what short track racing is uh, to be broadcast on on uh, NASCAR sanctioned races and racetracks, there's only one exclusive one exclusive vendor, and that's NBC. NBC carries that; they they bought oh, the rights to that because they have the track pass thing. The track pass, the NBC Sports Gold, that is exclusive to NASCAR and NASCAR only for any events that the network decides to run. So basically, if you're looking for racing at a NASCAR track, you're pretty much SOL during well, this COVID thing. Well, they they have many different channels for it. Yeah. Uh, however, it's uh, but we're gonna go on to how 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 expensive it is to be a race fan. How expensive it is to be a redneck. NBC Sports Gold is for, uh, for the track pass is like forty five dollars a year. Yeah, I think I paid thirty nine. I think they ran a special, and I got a good price on it. It was like three fifty a month, like three, if you three bucks add, and fifty. 
Yeah. Yeah, if you want to add motocross to it, it's like another $35 a month. I thought Track Pass Gold yeah. was everything. I think so, but... Like, I, if you want to watch, uh, like, road racing or, or... Yeah, like, stuff like that. I think that's what it is. I think that if you pay for the gold, you can get that. Yeah. I think it, you can pay for them individually, and they're, like, 5 bucks or something like that. They're something cheap, right? Yeah. Or they're, like, 15 bucks. Yeah, there's a little additional of things to, to go to tweak it, but it basically it's $45 a year. Okay, Speed 50, the aforementioned Speed 51 per year they have is $79 per month with nine ninety five or ninety nine seventy nine dollars a year ninety nine nine ninety nine a month or pay per view individual and if you have if you want pay per view I think you have to um, be a member or do you have to be a paying member or do you actually free account ha- yeah I have to have a free you account. have to have at least a free account okay yeah I think that's what it was yeah. I think for one of the races I actually subscribed for a month and it was ten bucks. And I think, no, it was like for Dylan. You know, I wanted to watch the New Year's Bash at Dylan. So I basically pay for a month of Speed 51, and I can watch that race. It's it's like paying 10 bucks for pay-per-view, basically exactly. what it was. And I, I paid that, and then I canceled my account. Like every year, they, they're like, why do you only get it for one month and then cancel? I'm like, because I only use you once a month for <laughs> for Dylan. Yeah, so I can watch my buddies go down to Dylan and crash and suck. <laughs> okay. So, so far, I'm up to $124 a year. <laughs> okay. Well, that's if you actually want to watch everything. I want to. I'm a race fan. It's anything with four wheels and an engine, or even two wheels or three wheels. Hell, I could watch boat racing with no wheels. Hydroplanes or sled with racing sh- with hi- you know what? Unlimited hydroplanes with a shit back when back when we were kids, like in yeah. the '90s. Miss Budweiser, fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> oh yeah. Now, last one really for um, oval for uh, for. Pavement, Asphalt Vision TV is uh, it's purely Oswego. Oswego is not a NASCAR track. They're an independent and a very strong one. They're twenty dollars per race to watch that streaming. Well, how much would it cost for a ticket? I'm not sure. Maybe a little bit more or about the same. At Oswego, I bet you it's cheaper. Probably, but I can't. It's cheaper than traveling eight hours to go see. A that you know and well yeah yeah and every weekend yeah also there's there's also other there's also other ways there's there's um i base everything on the motor trend on demand app because that's five dollars a month well here's and i a, can get car shows here's the thing about some, motor trend some euro trash live racing okay yeah it's fine but it's five bucks here's the thing about motor trend yeah they keep advertising it as like two bucks a month but are, aren't you and I paying five? Yeah, we're, we're so five. So why are we paying five, but everybody else pays two? Because it's not a long... special. It's not a special deal. They've said that it's now two bucks a month, and I'm like, why am I paying five? Right. Like, what am I getting? They can do this on five dollars a month or two dollars a month. Well, yeah, because they got a ton of subscribers. Speedsport.tv, various short tracks, dirt, off road. It's similar to LucasOil.tv. Which is Lucas Oil TV is ninety nine dollars a month or you know six ninety nine per month. Speedsport.tv, many 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 things. One hundred thirty nine dollars per month, a year. I mean one hundred thirty nine dollars per year. Keep That's a lot. I'm up to two sixty three now. <laughs> why would you? Why would you want to, like, pay oh, that much? Oh, it gets better. Oh, it's even more. 
Speedshift.tv. Midwest Tracks, IMCA Modifieds, okay. various different USAC midgets and things like that. I've seen them on like doing clips on you uh, Facebook and stuff. $300 per year. Fuck you. $40 per month. Fuck you. Get out of here. I'm not paying Holy that. smokes. Boy, so a- now I'm up to 662 per year. <laughs> that's There's- if you have no concept of money. That's if I want, yeah, if <laughs> I want everything. There's no way I could ever, there's jackslash.tv, which is dirt tracks and midgets. They're really cool, too. Fifty nine ninety nine per year. That's kind of reasonable. Which is, yeah, more reasonable. Uh, if you want to go to NHRA, NHRA.tv, great. Uh, $119.99 per season to watch why why the nitro you? cars go 1,000 foot. Who cares? Or you could just get, like, YouTube TV and watch them on Fox Sports 1 for yeah. 50 bucks a month. Yeah, incredible, incredible. <laughs> that better that better include every single yeah, sportsman race. Yeah, exactly. It, it it does, but I'm sure. But okay, that's a but I'm lot. not that big of a fan. So yeah, who I don't care about the pro classes going thousand feet. Big deal. That's nothing to me. There's I I I think they're pussies, but go on. Yeah, me too. They're still doing 330 miles an hour through the traps at a quarter mile, even with the parachutes yeah. out. Who the hell cares? And IHRA, I I think it still exists. The IHRA still exists? It's, it's free from motormedia.tv, but I can't figure out what really they're even... I don't even know what classes they run. I don't know anything. I, I think that's one of those things that if if you're in the know, if you're on ground zero, then you know what's going on. If you don't, <laughs> you're on your own, buddy. You are on your own. Dirtvision.com. Dirtvision is World of Outlaws. Did we already dirt touch car on Dirtvision? No, we did not. They're, they're really? 39 a month for the World of Outlaws and some of the Dirt Car Series. That it's ain't 30, bad. 39 a year? 39 a year. Oh, it is. No, 39 a month, I think. What? Dick Dirtvision. It is 39 a month. 39 is, yeah, 39 a month. No, nah, I'm good. No, no, thanks. That's I'm, I'm all set. <laughs> that's not that good, folks. I'm sorry. 39 but... a month. That's I can't count that in my head. What's four times? It's Does like, Mav TV have a, a Mav uh, TV is a streaming service now? Not really, but that's more or less LucasOil TV. LucasOil LucasOil TV is ninety nine dollars a year, six ninety nine. It's it's the same company. Yeah, yeah. They're they're live streaming and and Mav TV is only available on certain different outlets. So, and if you want to do like, uh, yeah, there's other ones like the Cushion that's ninety nine dollars a year. That's a lot. Ching, <laughs> that's a freaking line. It's like, oh, how much? How much are we up to? Yeah, a Trans Am series still exists, but it's on a free app, and it's really buggy as hell. And sometimes it's, um, when I think we're up to like, I don't know. Wait a minute, how much is forty nine dollars a month times twelve? Sweet Christ, I don't know. <laughs> that's that's like a lot of money. I you know what I, I left math in college when it started dealing more with letters than numbers. So yeah, this is this is why I I, I it's five hundred eighty eight bucks. Oh okay, so plus. so you're you're talking about like six hundred bucks a year. There's another one. Yeah okay, so that plus six sixty two per year. Wait, wait. So I'm up I'm up to twelve fifty, um, and then the other various ones. So twelve so you so you're looking at. I'm already at. If I wanted to be a race fan and I wanted to see everything and every every single thing that I could get my hands on, it'd be like fifteen hundred a year. Holy shit! I just don't have that kind of time. What there, it, the there, hell? That's a lot of money. 
and you know something? I kind of think it hurts short track racing because it's all balkanized. They're all into now niche markets. Do the tracks get a cut of this money? Oh, I'm sure they do, you know, and I'm How sure. Much? I don't know. I really don't know. I just, I think, I just wish that their economic model met my economic model a little bit better. Uh, what we should do. I, we, I really wish that they were all kind of just a little bit like come together and kind of work together instead of breaking it apart to different things. We should get together and put them put like the best races from each one up on a network sort of like and we'll call it speed network or we'll call it a weekly television show based on like some kind of tape delay which doesn't really matter if you're far away we'll call it uh american sports cavalcade or something like that i've heard of something like this yeah you remember yeah you, yeah you think something like speed.com or speed tv would work I think the domain's available. Oh, really? See, yeah. something like that would work because I want to see a little bit of everything. And it would help, I think, their series out better, too, in the different markets. If they all could just work together instead of trying to squeeze every little nickel and dime that they can out of, their, out of the fans. All right, I got something for you right here. Check this out. We could have this as the theme song. Diamond B Sports presents... Oh, wait, I don't know who those people are. <laughs> the American Sports Cavalcade. Boy, what a great announcer, too. Boy, he's got a great voice. I bet you he's a professional, too. Yeah, very A panorama of speed. Color, this could be the start to our show. We could consolidate all the people into one program the and call American it. American Sports Cavalcade. <laughs> that could be amazing. I love that show. That was so. That was such a great show. It's talk about great announcers too. Dave McClellan, Steve Evans. They were no, no. That show hasn't Paul existed. Shh, shh. Oh no, no. We that's don't our want, idea. Yeah, that's our idea. You cannot copyright that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Diamond P was my uh, grandmother's pimp's name. Okay, it's an old family name. Yeah, it's an old family name. <laughs> yeah, it was her pimp's name. Right. Definitely. Diamond yeah. P. Yeah, Diamond P. Come get that money, brick ass hoe. Anyway. Yeah, that kind of an idea would work, I think. Wait, wait, wait. I just uh, really this. to gain you want to talk about exposure. I mean, it's like they've given up on exposure and and trying to get more people to grow the sport. It's like, nah, let's milk the let's milk this uh cow until she starts bleeding. So, I was looking through some like video archives and I saw this guy's name. I don't know what it is here. Or Steve is hooked up with Dick Trickle and with his, wait, what's his name? radio. Steve <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, he was that guy on Sports Center. That's what that's what it was. Oh yeah. Boy, I'd hate to bring the show down, but boy, that was a sad story. Anyway, um oh, we loved Dick Trickle. He was the fucking best legend, legend. the the man is a god. Legend. The best short track racer ever to walk the face of the earth with the best name. Thank you, Dick Trickle. You were the man. Thousand plus wins in short track racing. The guy used to give away his trophies to kids. Yeah. I mean, that was amazing. Anyway, what were we talking about? Oh, yeah, consolidating. The, that costs I, I a lot to be a redneck. Yeah, it costs way too much to have all these streaming services. Like, if, come on. Yeah, how am I supposed to? If how, Why are you fighting with each other when you should be working together with each other? That's kind of the same thing that we all talk about, uh, whether it's the same rules package for the big three tracks in Connecticut, or it could be all the tracks in the Midwest for TV rights. Now, Guys got to work together. Now, I believe in the ideas of, like, capitalism and freedom and stuff like that. 
But I think the market's just way too oversaturated. If they brought everything together into like a lot bigger chunks, like maybe three streaming services, then maybe they could make more money collectively. Well, maybe the market is is still new and it'll work itself out by consolidation, uh, maybe a- that's acquisition, it. or. I just don't want the market. Them. I mean, there's still big ass races out there. Fifty grand to win, hundred grand to win, million dollar Eldora here or there. I don't want like monopolies or nothing because nah. I want freedom of choice. But I mean, Not when you've because... got this much choice, it yeah. becomes difficult yeah. to participate. We in. have on one end all there's so much dirt track choice in the world for really expensive money, and then we have like very limited choice on the NASCAR end with the on the eastern side, very little choice. Yeah, and I wish that... With it's kind st- of bad in both ways. I wish the tracks would really get a big chunk of streaming service money because they were really, really losing tracks at a high rate and, and interest and stuff because the world's changing and interest is changing and everything is changing and short track racing is literally dying like before our eyes. Like I've had many conversations with myself about just getting rid of my equipment and getting ahead of the curve. So, I mean... Like I said, something's got to be done. I don't think it's dying. I just think it's just uh, dying in the real East Coast. Real estate. Northeast, yeah. Real estate is way too valuable. Yeah. It's, it's dying everywhere where, except the North. It's dying. It's it's flourishing everywhere except the Northeast. Like, look at Chicagoland. They said that the track property is worth more than the racetrack as a racetrack. Like, they could bulldoze the racetrack, and the property is worth more than it being a racetrack. Like look at the, tr- look at the land that the speed bowl's on. Without the track on it, it's still worth more than the track's worth. It's like, I don't know. That's it's like, it, what it's worth is what somebody's worth paying. That's how I see. That's it. why I just want to yeah. see. I want to see tracks get a if little I, bit more incentive. And I mean, you know, to, I just want racing to be more healthy than what it is. But I don't have the answers. I just can't. Like I'm just one dude. I don't. I don't. I have ideas, but I don't have answers. It, hey, it sense? costs a lot to be a redneck. Okay, we're yeah. talking cowboy boots. You know, those are three hundred bucks. Stetson hat, a good five six hundred bucks. Levi jeans, eighty five bucks. You know, and it, you got to have your horse. Those are just hay burners right there. I don't even want to know how much that is. That's like twenty grand a year. Hey, I got a great idea. And then there's like your pickup truck, which costs about seventy-five thousand per year. Yeah, I mean, damn, dude, dude, being a redneck costs me hundred grand a year. But I got a great idea. What? You know what I can use to, to to save costs in racing? One. Crate engines. <laughs> you get out of here. <laughs> I hate you. Jesse's about to leave. That's fine because we're about done anyway. So whatever. <laughs> I think yeah. he's trying to find my anthem. But think doing? about it. You got one engine. It lasts. Oh, good for you. <laughs> and how was it? I was thought you were looking for the communist anthem on me. Anyway. No, I don't want crate engines. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. I've crate upset engines. his Google ads to try to sell him crate Mexican engines. Mexican made piles of garbage. Crate engine, crate engine, crate engine. I want a crate engine. I'm trying to get his Google ads to be screwed up. Because <laughs> his phone is listening, obviously. Communist piles of garbage. I can hear the Lada Riva driving by with its windows open and smelling like really awful cigarette smoke. And a weird bald guy in an Adidas jumpsuit. Right. Sweatsuit. Oh. No. No crate <laughs> engines. 
I got my anti-crate engine sticker from Jesse, so it's all good. I'm going to put it on my air cleaner while I'm yeah. racing my crate engine. All right, why don't we get out of here? What the hell song was that? Sad. <laughs> anyway, that's our show for this week. Thank you all for listening. I appreciate it. Um, you can find the show on... All major podcast platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Anchor, you name it. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash making laps podcast. Um, if you actually like the episode on Facebook, maybe try listening to it instead of giving me pity likes. <laughs> um, you can find us on Instagram at making laps podcast. Uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Brent Gleason zero one. Uh, if you want links to every listening platform, you can head on over to GleasonBrosRacing.com and you can find links to every uh, major podcast platform from there. And maybe if we actually end up racing ever again, we might post something on there. Anyway, I think that's all I got for this week. Jess, what about you? All right, I'm done. What the hell is going on over here? <laughs> Too many edibles? <laughs> the whole world is on edibles, especially after you eat it. If you eat edibles, you'll find out that, hey, listen, everybody else is on edibles, too. They're all acting weird. Are they open up in Massachusetts? I Ma think so, yeah. Massachusetts listeners, are your weed stores open? I don't even know what the hell I'm doing. That's a wonderful idea. Oh, God. Not that thing again. God damn it. <laughs> oh, shit. Here we go again. Okay, so... All right. We got a race coming up on Tuesday, which will be today if you're listening to this uh, podcast when it comes out. Uh, I believe it will be the Xfinity Series. It's going to be a night race. And then Wednesday, we've got another race, probably another primetime event because it's going to be midweek. Don't forget to catch that. It's going to be fun. Uh, if it rains again, uh, they're going to have it uh, Wednesday. I mean, Thursday or Friday. NASCAR says that we don't care. We're going to run it anyway. Uh, regardless. Well, I think it's going to sprinkle, but the vortex theory is going to keep the track dry. Whatever you say, DW. I smell pennies. <laughs> so anyway, until next time, oh, no. keep the dirty side down and stay out of the fence. Thank you for listening and putting up with us. Listen.